Welcome to a one-hour special of Business of Being Black, yes, and the Book of Sean. We are switching things up today, and both shows are coming to you live in front of a studio audience from the Fox Little Theater on the Fox Studio lot, yes. So let's get down to the business of being black. It is Friday, and tonight we're talking about Donald Trump's announcement of candidacy for the 2024 presidency and the mixed reaction it's getting, why House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy could be facing an uphill battle with his party, and the tragic murders of three Virginia football players. And you won't believe why a middle school teacher was recently fired after a video went viral of him making surprising statements to his students. The business of being black today is yet another round of the political and trending highlights of the week. Please welcome my co-host, activist and radio personality, Dominique DePrima. Hi, Tammy Mack. Hey, Dominique. Also, political analyst Ed Sanders is here. What's up, Ed? Hey, Tammy Mack. Comedian and filmmaker Alicia Cooper. Happy to be here, Tammy Mack. And conservative journalist, conservative journalist. Uh, I must not be conservative. I must be liberal because I had a hard time saying that word. Conservative journalist and commentator John Miller is here with us as well. Good to see you, Tammy. So let's get down to business. On Wednesday, former President Donald Trump announced that he is running for president in 2024. Take a look at this. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Trump went on to say America's comeback starts right now. Your country is being destroyed before your eyes, he said. The former president also rolled out a second-term platform outlining the changing of voting laws. He stated, I will immediately demand voter ID, same-day voting, and only paper ballots. Trump also addressed the continuation of building the southern border wall. So what are your thoughts on Trump's third run for presidency, and could it cause strife among the Republican Party, John? I think that people think there's a lot of division within the Republican Party, with DeSantis probably running. We don't know yet. He hasn't announced, and Trump announced really early. But when you see Trump in a room, he's still at 70% approval, and people like him the most out of the Republican candidates. So people are talking, other people might run, but at the end of the day, I still think it's Trump. I still yeah, think you think that it's a lot of people. pomp and circumstance I around DeSantis, so. but that's not really going no, down. No, I think Trump still has his hands <laughs> around your, your the party. Your own daughter won't even work for you anymore. You got a problem. But it, you know his daughter is only one vote. His daughter is one vote and the people she's are an voting in mass. She's an important vote, John. If you can't vote, get your own kid on board, you got a problem. Especially when you already paid her millions think, of dollars to be I in your think There's a thought there, John. No There's a thought there. I think a lot of people <laughs> want Trump to be in trouble because they hate the idea of Trump having that kind of command over the party, but at the end of the day, I still think Is it all just the media circus about Trump not having the Republicans on his side? Well, you're nailing it. Circus is back in town, right? We're going to have to endure it for another another year and a half. Um, but I think when you look at it, to John's point, he is going to be the biggest name in politics on the Republican side. Um, they're not going to divorce themselves. You're going to hear a lot of sort of the, the senators thinking that, you know, we need someone else. We need a Ron DeSantis or something like that. But in the end game, 
folks are going to get in line with Trump, and it's going to end for the fall of the Republican Party. Definitely makes for great comedy, uh, Alicia. Oh, I'm ready. I, I, the jokes are just lining itself up. <laughs> First of all, Ivanka's still mad that her mother mysteriously fell down those steps and then got buried <laughs> at that golf course. And we know why she was put on that golf course. We all know that Donald Trump is not that creative. He's been watching Ozarks, and those documents are in that casket. Now, no. I don't... <laughs> You're making fun of someone. Not the documents dad. in the someone, casket. Not someone's mom. Is it too soon? Is it too soon, John? Hey, what was that? Three months ago that she passed? It, 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 not soon enough. Not and soon I don't enough. think she did anything oh. to you. But uh, <laughs> oh, she did a lot to me. So do you think, though? Do you think, that Alicia, man. that um, that the Republicans are on, are on Donald Trump's side? I do think they're on Donald Trump's side. I mean, you know, first of all, they don't want him to bully them and say, you know, he has this whole bully pulpit and he uses it not for good, and they're afraid of him. It's not because they want to be behind Are him, they, they afraid, know what John? he'll do. I know. No, no one's afraid. People, the connection Trump has, and, and you're a comedian, I haven't seen your act, but Donald Trump is one of the best stage performers in the business. That's why, and I've heard comedians say this, that he's actually funny himself. He's actually, there's not much to make fun of him with because he is actually, oh, there's a lot he's to make actually fun of him. Well, the really funniest man in the room. Do we really want a comedian for a president, uh, <laughs> Dominique? Mean, well, I, I don't agree on with running, any of y'all. So, yes. I think the Republican Party are running like rats from a sinking ship. They're already becoming emboldened, Tammy. They are already abandoning him, and he hasn't even been indicted yet. It's only going to get worse for Mr. Trump. And not only that, he's over here talking about changing voting rules and all this stuff. No, he, People want to hear about inflation. To what they were. Whatever. He's Republicans failed in the midterms because they talked about inflation, but you have no solutions. You can't talk about inflation and then your platform is let's investigate Hunter Biden. How does that help well, me pay my gas? They just opened a special right. counsel for Joe Biden to for Joe Biden to announce a special counsel for Trump. How many times are they going to try to investigate Trump with something and not find anything? You're talking about rolling stuff back. You would think you would learn what happened to y'all trying to roll back women's rights to choose. It has nothing Stop to do with rolling They're stuff asking back. you to show yeah, ID John, uh, and all of us are black on this forward. panel. Do we really want to roll back some stuff? Voting <laughs> ID rights. And <laughs> the whole Wednesday. notion with the voting ID is that black people don't have driver's licenses. That's the rationale. They say no. we don't have we don't have licenses. We don't know how to get to the DMV. So to well, show let me, up at the polls, you, you, you can't topic. ask for let ID. Me, let me roll on to the next topic here. Wednesday, Republicans won control of the U.S. House, giving them control for the first time since 2018, which gives conservatives leverage to blunt President Joe Biden's agenda and spur a flurry of investigations, John, as you just said. But a narrow majority could pose immediate challenges for GOP leaders and complicate the party's ability to pass legislation. Dominique, on you. Well, yeah, the, the Republicans have a very slim majority, so what is really complicating is their ability to govern because they are already at each other's throats. Look, you can say what you want to about Nancy Pelosi. She's done a masterful job, and do they have a Republican Nancy Pelosi? I don't think so. Well, if California Representative Kevin McCarthy were appointed House Speaker, could he achieve the unity he needs to get the party? No, everybody is furious with Kevin McCarthy oh. after the midterms right now. Because the blame is, first of all, he pulled money out of the Arizona races. So Blake Masters, who's one of the more popular Republicans running, he pulled funding from his race and 
a lot are arguing that he lost him the election. So, so now we want to blame McCarthy instead of Trump. But that's the thing. That's the thing really about that's Trump the thing about Trump. His yeah. candidates Trump lost, is lost, one of the uniting forces within the Republican Party. No, look, I mean, when it comes to McCarthy, he's not really going to be the real show. When when all the he is going to be is just sort of the party of no. Whatever <laughs> he, they feel like, it's just going to be answered no. The real show in the House is going to be with Hakeem Jeffries once he becomes Ooh. Speaker and watching how he puts a, a counter to Kevin Marthy, uh, Kevin McCarthy. That's what I'm. Yeah, Alicia, what you say? Yeah, I completely agree with what Ed just said, and I, I want to see how well Hakeem Jeffries handles this new post. And thanks, thanks Nancy Pelosi for the 15 great years she gave us. She worked really hard. She got a lot of stuff pushed through, but I'm glad she's able to now. She'll still be in Congress, but she can back up and spend time with her husband and deal with more issues at home because she did a great job. But now it's the, I think our party is moving towards the future. That's why we're progressives because the opposite of a progressive is a regressive. And we say no. We proudly to say, regress. no, stop. I mean, Democrats are going from the first woman speaker to the first, first African-American speaker. speaker. Thank you very much. Progressive. Shouldn't their qualifications and what they actually do oh, for us very matter? Well you think they're not qualified? You know, qualified. Republicans are not qualified, qualified because just they're African-American? Well, you're not We're talking about their qualifications. You're talking about their skin color. You're talking about their skin color. Y'all don't talk about this. He's a black guy. This is a black guy. Don't put y'all in there. I've never said that. No, no. Conversation. No. Those two are Let's have a quick break and we'll be right back on the business of being black with Tammy Mack. To the business of being black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. So three members of the University of Virginia football team were fatally shot and two other students were injured on a bus that had returned from a field trip. Campus officials identified the deceased victims as UVA football players Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry. Now, police did not identify the two injured injured students, but the father of Michael Hollins Jr. revealed that his son had been shot and thankfully survived. Police arrested 22-year-old former Virginia walk-on football player Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., who has been identified as the lone gunman. Now, Jones is facing three counts of second-degree murder and three counts of using a handgun in commission of a felony, though the charges could change. So this brings about a whole nother issue of those gun laws, right? But what are your thoughts on this tragic story? Alicia? Yeah, this is just very, very sad. Just to look at the lives of those young men, and they were at UVA as an excellent school, and just to think that they didn't even get started with their life. And I was trying to research what exactly happened, and you know, they said that he said something like they were messing with me. I don't know what that means. It sounds like some sort of bullying, but I don't know. I just feel like this is very, very tragic, and I just need to find out more about the case. I don't know enough specifics, but that's, I mean, they, they said one gentleman was asleep on the bus when he got shot, and then the other two, you know, I just feel bad for their parents, their family, even the, the shooters family. Everybody's just stunned right now because it doesn't make any sense. And yeah, even some professional does. football players yeah. have spoken out yeah. saying that uh, they were mentors of uh, a few of the young men. Ed? Yeah, like, I mean, like Alicia, it, it's, it's one of those things I, I think about their parents, right? Yeah. You know, you, you send students off to college and yeah. they're in the prime of their life and a college should be a safe space. And to, to hear that they've been cut down, uh, my heart goes out to them. 
Um, but for the state of Virginia, you know, they've gone through sort of these mass shootings on campus. Um, they had the, the shooting a couple years ago at Virginia Tech. And so you just have these reverberations on this issue and what to do with and how to deal with people that are having coping issues, mm -hmm. right? Because if it is something around coping, we're having this conversation with young people right. in a variety of different ways from, you know, Simone Biles to uh, Naomi Osaka. We're talking about it more, but we're seeing sort of the fruits of if you don't talk about it, what can happen. Yeah, Dominique, you have a son headed to college. Yeah, I mean, it's every mom's nightmare, Tammy. I mean, and every dad's, too. You want your children to be safe. And we see, you know, these young men, just beautiful, vibrant young men cut down in the prime of their lives. I feel like it's even more tragic because this was a black studies group uh, class on a predominantly white institution taking a trip that was meant to be a bonding trip. Everyone was reaching out reportedly to this guy and trying to include him because no one really knew him which makes it seem really weird that say he would say they were always picking on him when they didn't even know him. It, we don't know yet. I think that there's a lot more to this story. Definitely. Um, and I just, I, I just feel so sad for those students experiencing trauma, the families, and everyone involved. John, what's your take on the tragedy? My only question is how everyone, it seems, goes straight from hearing the story to we've got to do something about the gun laws. At the end of the day, we had an individual who committed an act of murder on multiple people, and he should be held responsible for that. He could have done it with a knife. He could have done it with his bare fist. Yes, he, his method of choice was a gun, but an inanimate object that is a gun is not the first thing that people should drift to when it comes to a tragic story like this. Well, is it finally time to rewrite the United States Constitution's Second Amendment? And uh, could limiting access to guns save our lives and reduce crime, Dominique? Well, I mean, it's interesting you say that, John, because actually no one said that. But um, I think... Well, it was, well Tammy I off think the bat that mentioned it. I do think it's time to, to make some sensible changes to gun laws. I'm a 2A progressive, right? But I w no one needs automatic weapons. What do we need automatic weapons for? No one should have a gun without having a thorough background check. There are too many holes in the system. So that even if you are a person who believes in the Second Amendment, I think it's time for us to have some sensible changes to our gun laws. But there, like I said, there's, I think there's more to this story, and I just think I want to make sure that we address every issue that's brought up. Right, you're right, John. I did bring it up. I did bring it up briefly. You're yeah. right. Uh, but go ahead, Alicia. Yeah, I just also think that mental health, there's a huge mental health component to all of this. And they said that the alleged shooter, um, you know, that he was a walk-on student. And they said that he said, you know, I'm wondering if he has some sort of, if he's having a psychotic break and hearing things in his head that may not have happened. And that goes back to the mental health component because right now it just still does well, we not also, compute. We always lately, here lately, seem to jump from guns to mental illness uh, why do we do that now, Ed? Well, I mean, we're seeing violence, right? And we're seeing people that are struggling with coping, committing violence. And so there, there's, there's a fair conversation there, right? Um, you know, to, to, almost to John's point, you know, having guns and possessing guns is like it was as American as apple pie, right? Uh, First Amendment, freedom of speech, and Second Amendment, you know, have a gun, right, to protect that. And, you know, ultimately... We've got to do something to Dominique's point about the, the high-capacity weapons and the ability to kill many people, right? I think the shooting on Virginia is different from the one that was on Virginia Tech um, in that it was, I think, a handgun or something like that. But 
you know, how people are coping is really a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing people break and you're seeing them break and be a little more violent, uh, it seems like. Right. Dominique? Well, I think th the part of the issue is that many times conservatives will use mental health as an excuse to avoid the gun the issue, gun which is an issue. John? And at the same well, time, we cannot just ignore the mental health crisis that this country and the planet is in, particularly coming out of the pandemic. I mean, I think it's so complicated when you have a case like this. I, there's mental health issues. There's the amount of time people are spending on the Internet. There, it's the state of psychology these days. There's kids who don't know how to socialize. The Internet, really... There, uh, uh, absolutely, oh, yeah. I, the, the 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 amount of time I, no, people say, spend oh, yeah, on the internet, the amount of time people spend playing video. Okay, it's not; it's all of it together. But just to say, okay, well, if we ban guns, it's going to make everything go away, and there's never going to be any violence anymore. I mean, that's ridiculous. No, so, what is the answer, Trump. John? They, Are they you suggesting that I mean, there not be any adjustments to the gun laws? I don't think that's the first thing you need to look okay. at, and I don't think that if this guy was really feeling whatever it was he was feeling toward his his peers that he had to kill them, he could have done it with a kitchen knife. He could have done it with a car, and we do see that happening when people like in when. Uh, and you're saying if he would have done it with a knife, no one would be like, "We need new knife laws." I don't think so. I think people agree we need. I mean, more pe people. People are killed. Yeah, I don't agree that a gun is a lot more efficient. People with a knife. Yeah. He would not have gotten five people with a the, knife. They do that. You see it all the time in London. You see it in Germany. They they don't have guns there, so they just but resort to they knives. They don't have but mass murders either. Really they more concerned they do, to understand how he got to the point of violence, right? You know, we just finished talking about Nancy Pelosi, and and you think back to the attack on Paul Pelosi. This was a guy that it became radicalized, you know, not walking down the street. This is watching TV. This is on the Internet. So it is in those circles, right? You Absolutely. see, You see how people are being conditioned. Um, in this case, it just happened, you know, with, with football but players. But it's not the Internet. It's the content of the Internet. It's this polarization. It's this extremism that is mostly coming from the Republican Party at this point. I, I don't even think that you need, is to, I don't think you this need violence. to politicize it that way because it's at the end of the day, politicizing itself. 25 and under are spending all this time on the Internet. They're isolating in their rooms. They don't feel connected to their communities. They don't feel connected and to their society. And what are they finding on the Internet? Yeah. Yeah. What are they doing? Far right rhetoric. It's not it's just far right rhetoric. It's they sold fear. To blame at some point the left and the right, but I know you say you progressive, so that's somewhere no, in the middle. Uh, Hold that but thought. if you look at the mass killings, <laughs> are, they're mostly on the right. Definitely, our thoughts and prayers are with the go victims. To, go to Chicago; it's not on the right only. Our thoughts and prayers are with the victims and their families. So, a middle school teacher in Texas was fired after a video posted on social media went viral that shows him telling his students that his race is the superior one. Take a look. Deep down in my heart. I'm ethnocentric, which means I think my race is the superior one. I think everybody thinks that. They're just not honest about it. Ah, the teacher was speaking to a mostly non-white group of students about his convictions regarding race. So what are your thoughts on what he said? How would you react if this happened to your child? I mean, he said... He's. I, I had never heard of that word before. What did he describe as ethnocentric? Ethnocentric. I didn't know that it meant that you believed that your race was superior. Yeah. Wow. That's okay. one interpretation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is, is he right, Ed? Um, look, no. But I mean, in the. <laughs> 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 I mean, when you, but 
You know, listen, the conversation is a mature conversation. It's interesting that it was happening in Texas, right? A state that's been at the forefront of, of trying to books. remove yeah, and, critical yeah. race theory. In fact, in this last election cycle, you know, I think there are now 10 members on that board, uh, the State Board of Education, that are poised to sort of roll back what students in Texas learn. And it's important because you see something like this, and you, and, you know, just from a legal perspective, you know, as a teacher, you telling a class of, of non-white students that you don't think that you know, they can really compete, that you think that your race is better than theirs, you have to now go back and actually ask, how was he scoring those kids, right? And what were their grades? What was the tangible output of, of, of his teaching? Now, in the end game, this is a learning issue, right? This is a learning point for all of us, right? When we start talking about race, the reason why we have this conversation about critical race theory is you just simply can't wipe off the history of the United States. Race is at the center of it. It's the center of our politics. And it's to... the reason why the teacher said what he said, right, exactly. Dominique? Yeah, that's right. And I think this whole idea of controlling the minds of young people is a real struggle that's going on right now. Critical race theory means really means I want to dictate what's being taught to my children, not just to have a say in it, but to dictate and to be able to censor. So on the one hand, I'm not able to teach about uh, the enslavement of, of African Americans or even our glorious uh, history, but I am able to sit in a classroom and tell you that I'm the superior race and that you know somehow loving your own race means you think others are inferior, which is not actually correct. You can be Afrocentric or you know ethnocentric, and still have plenty of respect and love for others. So, but John, I when I when I saw the video, I thought to myself, hmm, does he have a point? He said, I love my race. I think my race is greater than anybody else's race. And so the thought here is, well, if you love your race, the black race, I'm assuming. I don't want to oh, assume. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I would the black so, race. Black do, do you think that? That well, you and I mean, your race are only, better than anyone else. That was the only thing he said that was I found to be very interesting. You're a teacher. You, no, you should not be saying that to a class okay. full of students. But then he said, I think deep down everyone feels this. And there is a bit of ethnocentrism that I think every race has. You know, a, I think a lot of races feel our culture's better, our food's better, our music's better. That's just kind of how people take pride in their race. Um, and so I found that to be interesting because when you look at – Black people. I know of a lot of black folks who think that. I know a lot of Asian folks who think that about their culture and that and, and their heritage. But that and, was my whole point. And, and no, you did say that. Yeah. Without but, dismissing or downgrading you know somebody else. I, you know, Alicia, let me let you that. get in yeah. here. But yes, we're talking about the ethnocentric part. But this man said in that video, "I am a racist." That's the part that we're leaving out of this discussion. <laughs> Why would you tell that. a bunch of small children something like that? Why would you even be uh, uh, commissioned to educate a group of children that you think are less than you and beneath you? What started the whole thing was that a white kid had thrown a pencil across the room, and one of the little black kids said, oh, he, if, if I had done that, I'd be in bigger trouble. So those kids already knew that there was right. something about this white teacher that treated them differently than the other kids, and he admitted it. So this isn't he about did. ethnocentricity. This is about pure on racism. And I don't know how the heck Jethro thought he was superior to anybody. He was so dumb, he didn't even know they were recording him. Like, at least scan the room <laughs> in the 360, Mr. Superior Race. <laughs> they were a lot smarter than he was. Oh, huh? those kids were way smarter than <laughs> Those he kids was. were so calm. Like, I felt like they were talk show hosts. So what you're saying is you're a racist? <laughs> and even one of, them said, one of them said, you know, I used to respect you. I, I don't even respect you anymore. <laughs> Okay, so let's bring in a final uh, conversation here on Elon Musk buying Twitter. What are our thoughts? 
Well, my account has already been hacked as I was saying negative <laughs> stuff about Elon. So you somebody you're on got Twitter my too? yeah. Somebody okay. has my whole page. They added another R to the end of my name and they <laughs> changed it to some porn site. And all my friends are they're begging for money, like stuff. Just I said, how did you get the site? And three days later, my whole world got flipped upside down. <laughs> Ed, what are your thoughts on Elon Musk? You know, I, I think we're watching. How quickly can you take a, a strong brand and run it into the ground? You know, uh, Twitter's going to go the way of what, like Tumblr and. Some some of the other apps oh, that used to be around in my him and John on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Dominique, do you like Twitter? Are you going to? Okay, are you tweeting right now? To see if it's still up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still up. It's still up. <laughs> I'm gonna make it to the weekend. I'm surprised. I'm totally surprised, John. I, I lost my Twitter in March, and I haven't gotten it back yet. What and did you do? I don't know. They don't tell you what you did. They just say you were banned. And so I was you hoping when you I don't know what I did, but I'm, I was. <laughs> hoping when Elon came in that he would, you know, gift me my account back, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and he's not doing... What he's like you he's, so special? Well, I, I mean, start with the president. No one has their accounts back. He's talking about, like, $8 verification. That was a mess. All these companies, like, you had Mickey Mouse, like, flipping the bird and doing all this stuff. It was... The whole rollout was a mess. Everyone's, everyone's this unhappy. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Although he claims it's the most used it's ever been. I don't know about that. By I, him. Yeah, yeah but, it's the most used him. up. It's the most used up. I think yeah. what he wants is I think he wants everybody gone so he can rehire people at minimum wage. He, he fired, <laughs> yeah, because he fired every... I don't know what well, he's didn't doing. He, I was didn't he take that Kathy Griffin off, the, the comedian yes. off of Twitter he, yeah. he just because she... Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. What you say? But he, there's, he but, put her back on today. But apparently, oh, there's, yeah. well, that's because she came back and, and under her dead mother's uh, account. Yeah. But apparently, all this total uh, freedom, absolute free speech, uh, is not exactly. actually happening. Free. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not happening it's just at all. Only the people he likes that get to keep their. So accounts. I'm just, uh, would any reason to stay on Twitter at this point, Ed? No. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know you're gonna be back on there though in, in a month. Yeah. In a month, you're gonna say, you know what? I need. I Listen, I'll, I'll buy a Tesla, but I am not <laughs> in on Twitter. I'm sorry. Tesla? I'm sorry. I'll buy a Tesla, but I'm not going on Twitter. You saw they're exploding, by the way. <laughs> Did well, you I think that's false. That's, and, false. And, well, that's false. Exploding or no exploding, Elon Musk, because of Tesla, is facing the largest discrimination lawsuit in this the history of the state of California for anti-blackness. That's my issue with that. Ooh, surprising. <laughs> <laughs> you say it's surprising? Okay. Yeah, so they're suing. They, we'll see if they have an actual are case. Are we though. on Twitter? Yes or no, Ed? I'm on Twitter. I'm still on it. It's how I get my news until I find a better way. Oh, <laughs> uh, there are newspapers. Well, oh, that's wait, look, look, look. There's <laughs> not black <laughs> Twitter, though. What, there isn't what, black what, Twitter. What you know? Are we on Twitter? Oh, yeah, I'm going down with the Titanic. Are we on Twitter? <laughs> I like black Twitter. Yeah. Are we on Twitter, John? <laughs> I've got what they call a burner account with the kids called burner. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I get my news. I am not on Twitter, so you will not find me there. I want to thank Ed Sanders, Alicia Cooper, Dominique DePrima, and John Miller for joining me. Thanks for watching, and make sure you stay tuned for the second half of the one-hour special, The Book of Sean, is coming up next. That is the business of being black. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Wing stops doing what they do best, taking flavor to the next level. 
So when chicken sandwiches only came in spicy and plain, Wingstop said, nah, make it 12 flavors. Lemon pepper chicken sandwich, OG hot, mango habanero. You get the picture? Every famous Wingstop flavor. Now on a new Wingstop chicken sandwich. Try all 12 and find your favorite at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Huh. 